0: Welcome to my podcast katie piper's extraordinary people as the title suggests in each episode i talk to an amazing person somebody who has overcome some kind of adversity it doesn't mean there's a happy fluffy ending to everybody's story but they've managed to get back to their kind of normal and make the best of what they have whatever it is subsequently going on to inspire others i hope this episode will help you in the way that has helped me Welcome to another episode of Katie Piper's Extraordinary People and as always sat opposite me is a very extraordinary man, a legendary man. Um, I'm joined in the studio today by professional dancer and performer. He's the winner of Strictly Come Dancing 2018, having also been a runner-up for four occasions with partners like Susanna Reid, Frankie Bridge and winning with Stacey Dealey. He's currently performing in the musical The Wedding Singer in London, so I have no idea how he actually has time or a voice to be here today it's Kevin Clifton <laughs> Hiya <laughs> Hello <laughs> and actually saying that um, I really hope you will have a voice because you're going on stage tonight is that right?
1: Yeah I've got a show tonight yeah yeah, wow. at 7.45 where I've got a lot of singing to do
0: Is it right you're on stage for the whole of the performance? For
1: most of it yeah so I did a musical last year Rock of Ages which, which was like it was a really good part but I was sort of on, on and off you know yeah. like on, in different bits on this one um it's called The Wedding Singer and I'm playing The Wedding Singer, Robbie wow. Hart. Okay. okay. Um, and I barely come off stage. So yeah, it's How'd quite a lot. How do you for that? I suppose physically I'm sort of used to it anyway mm-hmm. um, from just dancing. like I've just been dancing, 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 obviously strictly, but then dance tours and stuff as well. Um, so physically it's, it's, it's not a problem. I guess it's just the sort of slightly newer thing for me is vocally. Mm-hmm. I have to really look after my vocal cords and I'm really sort of militant. Make sure you drink enough water and go on voice rest enough. Obviously I'm not doing that today, but as yeah. <laughs> sort of cutting out Milk, you know. I'm I'm now drinking like black tea with honey, you know, and things like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you have to do a proper voice warm up and warm down afterwards.
0: Because I didn't even know. I mean, I follow you on Instagram, so I saw when the wedding singer was announced, Mm. and I was like, oh, that's amazing. And I never actually thought. Well, actually, I know you as a dancer, and we all know you as a dancer, Mm. but we didn't necessarily know that you're a singer. And obviously, you must be a very good singer to be having this lead role in a West End musical.
1: Singing's always something that I've been really interested in, and I've always fancied the idea of of doing more than just dancing, doing doing acting and singing and and all of that. Um, I've been having lessons for a long time, like about 10 years, Um, but it was always, but one, like dancing just kind of took over everything. Yeah. Um, And... To, it was. I didn't really have the, the confidence to do it in front of everyone. Really? I was like, I, I, I sort of feel like I can do it and I'm having these lessons. But, yeah. uh, and when people go, uh, I was always in that space of like when people go, oh, oh do you sing? Mm-hmm. My answer would most of the time be, I, I, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm a dancer that does a bit of singing. So it, you
0: don't want to put that label on it? Yeah, yet. I didn't want
1: to go, yeah. yeah, yeah, I sing in case I then... Open my mouth and everyone thought I was rubbish. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's weird though, because like when you watch Strictly, you're like, okay, they're wearing sheer shirts, they're moving across the floor on their knees. They must be confident at everything. Mm. Like if you can dance, you can sing. If you can sing, you can dance. And like you would just feel like there would be no hesitation.
1: Nah, yeah, but I'm just not not generally a sort of overly confident person. Mm. Um, I'm discovering more and more that performance is my sort of thing is my outlet for, mm. like like when I'm in the moment on stage just totally absorbed in what I'm doing that's when I'm sort of at my most confident because I'm I'm not I'm not thinking too much about you know what anyone's gonna think about it or whatever I'm just in that moment and I'm fully sort of expressing myself I guess it feels a lot safer when I'm just me in a crowd of people I'm usually one of the quietest ones
0: because, we, but we see that, don't we, with uh, performers and particularly comedians, where their role is to be so extrovert and mm. it, almost eccentric, and to be the entertainer, that then they are offstage, introverted, socially awkward, yeah, maybe even depressive, mm. because their job is to be so funny and, and upbeat. <laughs> but yeah. do you think that goes uh, across into the dancing world of being a being a performer and?
1: Definitely. I mean, it's not necessarily everyone, no. but but certainly I can relate to to all of that. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. Definitely. So, definitely socially awkward. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and and have yeah, I've had moments of of um, having sort of depressive elements about me. Definitely. Um, mm. Yeah. I've, I've I've gone through moments of that. Um, whereas when when I'm performing, like I, I'm. As a performer, I'm quite extrovert. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm quite over the top. And, and um, like, I'm a big performer. I'm not a subtle performer.
0: Well, you won strictly. That's no that's no <laughs> yeah.
1: easy thing to do, yeah. is it? And, and like, dressed as a the minion. minion. And yeah. Like, like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, all of that I'm totally comfortable with. In fact, maybe even more comfortable with that because I was painted yellow and yeah. had a ridiculous outfit on. Like, there's nothing of me in there it was just the minion you know, so far out there. removed from yeah, your, your reality yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah so that's a nice safety net so like tonight when you go on stage just mm. before you go on what will be going through your mind
1: I go through the same sort of pattern of nerves before every performance
0: is this the same for a western show to so like live TV like strictly yeah
1: always the same and, and I'm a bit of a maniac with I have to go through the same like pattern of things
0: oh really what is, what's What's your
1: th- rituals then so this this is madness but I I have to say you know you know the serenity prayer. Like yeah, grandma's yeah. serenity to accept things I cannot change. My you know? favorite. Yeah, 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 that. So I say that. This is really embarrassing. But my idol is uh, Robbie Williams.
0: Oh okay. All I right? love Robbie. And so yeah, so yeah. at
1: the end of um at the end of doing like the like the serenity prayer. I say, it's been like, Lord, grant me the serenity to accept things I cannot change. Courage to change the things I can, the wisdom to know the difference. And then I go, and Robbie, give me your energy and let me entertain them. Yes,
0: <laughs> he has got a stage presence and great ah, energy, is not he? He's the best.
1: He's yeah. the best for me. He's the best in the business. Um, um, so I, I say that, um, jump up and down three times and then bang the floor with both hands and then, like, explode out and like stretch my arms out.
0: Did you make Stacy do all this every Saturday? No, 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 like, I don't, I don't do it in front like of Stacey. Just <laughs> weird secret. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah I, I do it in yeah.
1: private. Yeah, I, do, I have to do this, like, this move where I bang the floor and then stretch my arms out wide. Is it so empowerment
0: so I, then? Yeah, it's
1: like a power move. It's like the move that clicks me into being big performer, Kevin, mm-hmm. as opposed to being. Shy, socially awkward, Kevin. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you mentioned Robbie. Has there been anyone else as well as him that's kind of shaped your career or that you've like based yourself on or been inspired by? Sort of early days
1: when, it, in terms of dancing, I, I used to love watching the likes of Fred Astaire. Mm. I, mean, I know that's obvious, but um, my mum and dad were, were dancers themselves. So, mm-hmm. so like watching
0: them growing up. Did you always know that's what you wanted to do then? Not necessarily. It's just what I've always done. I was going to say, have you ever done anything else?
1: Not really. Uh, I mean, working jobs to fund it, Mm. but but not like I was trying to follow a different path. Um, So I was sort of born into my mum and dad's dance school, basically, Mm -hmm. and watching them, you know, do shows and stuff. And um, I did get to a point later on where I started to hate it. Oh, that's interesting. Because it was...
0: It's always there or
1: I think I started to question whether it was my choice to do it or whether it's just what I'd always done.
0: Yeah.
1: Um and also I was hating the competition world. Okay. A lot. There's a lot goes on in the competition world that I don't like. Like a lot. Of, sort of? A lot of politics, um and you know um and but also from a creativity standpoint, I felt like the aim all the time was to win this competition.
0: Yeah.
1: Not to dance your best.
0: Okay, so it It took the the fun out of it? Yeah,
1: I felt like I was only dancing to please the judges. Yeah, um, we well,
0: um, all know how that feels. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
1: It became only about that, so like it became box ticking. I am mm. dancing to tick these boxes so that they'll mark me first rather than sixth or you know whatever. And you um, hold
0: titles, don't you?
1: Yeah, yeah. And, Ta-
0: come on, then tell us the titles.
1: Uh, I was like I won British championships wow. and uh, you know international championships all, all over the world, and like it was going well, mm. competitions, but I just wasn't enjoying it. Um and, and I felt like I wanted to dance in a certain way and I'm I'm quite a expressive, almost messy dancer. Okay. And and I felt like to win the competitions I had to rein all of that in and felt like I wasn't really expressing much. Yeah. And I wasn't entertaining anybody. For me it's about entertainment. Mm-hmm. And and I felt like no one was being entertained by anything I was doing. I didn't really like my own dancing. And um
0: Is it really key to hold on to that love and passion then?
1: I think so. I mean it depends what you want. If 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 what you want is the career of win the title and um then go on to earn lots of money out of being a teacher teaching other competitors if that's what you want, then that then that's what you want. And I, and I think at the time I couldn't work out why I hated it so much. I was like I just and I thought oh I hate dancing. I don't want to do this anymore. Um and I and I actually quit. That's
0: uh, sad, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah, but I said I, I was like I'm not having it anymore. I don't I don't want to do it. And, and then What would
0: you have done had you not been a dancer?
1: I didn't know at the time. I probably would have looked for something in the performing world.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, gone more into sort of acting and singing. Um mm. but I yeah, I just decided that this isn't for me anymore. Um and then it was only when I saw um, well, two things happened. I, I saw Matthew Bourne's Edward Scissorhands
0: oh, yes, production yeah.
1: and I just because everyone was going, go and see things, go and see the ballet, go and see this, go and see that, get inspired again. And yeah. none of it was inspiring me until I saw that. And because it, and it was so story focused mm-hmm. rather than trying to impress us with lines and aesthetics and, you know, all of that. It was like it was it felt like they were really telling us something and it was coming from their heart. Like I I just like I, I got really inspired by that and I was like, surely there's a way I can use what I'm doing to do that.
0: That narration yeah, and right, communication. Rather
1: and... than just go, look, I've got straight legs. Yeah. Mark me first. Yeah. Um and then at the same time, um, there was a company called Burn the Floor who um asked they asked me to go out and have a look at what they were doing. And, so this uh, is how
0: it works, they seek you, you don't seek them.
1: Well, they certainly, con- I knew of Burn the Floor, yeah. but they certainly got in touch with me. It was Jason Gilkison who works on Strictly mm-hmm. Come Dancing. Um, he, Lovely guy. Yeah, yeah, so he was running the company and he was choreographing and directing Burn the Floor and he said, come out and have a look at what we're doing. And it was just this like, bunch of dancers who, in the s- same as me, were a bit disillusioned with the competition world Yeah. and they were creating a show rather than a competition <laughs> stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and said just you know come and join the company so I did and um and then that just sort of lit a fire under me and I carried on dancing from there basically
0: so how do you end up on Strictly what happens you you get your audition or Mm. they ask you to
1: so I'd I'd always thought Strictly would be a good idea because uh, like as far as I was with Burn the Floor I was loving it Mm. I, I was loving every minute of it um,
0: and that was performing on stage, performing touring. On, yeah, touring.
1: Yeah, touring. We ended up doing Broadway and West End, oh, and, wow. and, and we did you know international tours all around the world. We were performing, and it was great, and I just loved it. But I also thought this isn't going to be there for me forever. I'm not going to be able to do this forever. My body won't let me do mm. this to the level that I'm doing it at the moment. It's a really physical show.
0: And you in your twenties then?
1: <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And I was thinking, I can't
0: be there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I was thinking, I can't just do this forever. Uh, because there'll come a point where they don't want me anymore and then what
0: mm-hmm.
1: and i thought you know strictly come dancing is a big deal on on is tv it, is it peak
0: and... for for a dancer is that the creme de la creme i think so
1: yeah yeah, yeah. it's a really higher, big deal there? no There's... it's a it's a really big deal to be on a show like strictly and 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 i thought you know, also it will open some doors to, to other things as well. Um First of all, I got in touch with um, a load of dancers that I already knew on the show. OK. Can you give me a contact? You know, how do I go about, you know, getting on to it? No one was giving me an inch, like no one was giving me anything.
0: Well, we just talked <coughs> earlier on your podcast about this industry and sometimes yeah. people are warm, sometimes people are cold. Yeah. It, it, it's. Very competitive, is that right? Very
1: competitive, yeah. And because they all come from that competition world. Um, whereas, say, jazz dancing is very much about getting in shows, being right. being in musicals, being in dance shows or street More dancing. More community. Than yeah, you. yeah, yeah. You do it in classes, whereas in ballroom dancing, you have private lessons to for a teacher to tell you how to beat the one who's having a private lesson over there. So it's secretive and competitive. Yeah, isn't yeah. It? yeah. So no one was giving me an inch on Strictly and then... I don't know, someone had said, oh, you should email this person. And then finally had a, a, an in. And I was on tour with Burn the Floor in America, I think it was, and had a Skype meeting with Strictly.
0: Mm-hmm. Were you nervous?
1: Yeah. But in my head, I'd already decided what they probably wanted from it. Rather than just being me, mm. I thought they need someone who they're going to be impressed by. Mm-hmm. So and at the time, I was, I was really gothy. So, yeah. so I had yes, like long I heard this black about long it. black hair and eyeliner and yeah. black fingernails and all of this and, and I thought they're gonna they're gonna see me as a bit of a like the rock and roll guy of the ballroom Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so ridiculous to even say it now. But like so I, I was all like that in the interview and I was like, you know, uh, ballroom dancing need needs a shake up and I'm the guy to give it to you
0: good Yeah.
1: Like, you know. I was all like that, and clearly they had no need for this emo kid. you mean
0: know? <laughs> <laughs> they came off the Skype thing like, what the fuck was that? Who yeah. was that guy?
1: <laughs> like, um, so I didn't get the job. That was. For, oh, right. that was for the 2012 series
0: but this is interesting because I do that I still, I think I do still do it now I go somewhere where I'm pitching and I want to be accepted and I dress for the person yeah so I'm like well these people are serious and intelligent so I should wear my intelligent jumper like or, yeah, totally. Like, these people work yeah. in the beauty industry and they're glamorous so I should wear my sparkly jumper yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's like no you should just be who you are mm. but you always want to be enough and like you want the job so bad that you try to kind of fit the yeah. You can't guess the criteria.
1: No, you but you, but you try and preempt what they're thinking, yeah. and try and be that.
0: It doesn't work. It's like,
1: though. No, and that's what I've, like, it's what I've struggled with for for so long. Is mm. like always like this, trying to put on this mask of what I think other people are going to want all the time. It's only actually recently that I'm starting to get a little
0: bit more in touch with who I am. Yeah. Um, because I think it's exhausting, right? <clears throat> because people don't know what they want from you. You have to show and tell them. Mm. You know, they yeah. don't know you, so you have to present and say, "This is me, and this is what you'll get from me."
1: Yeah. So the next year, the auditions came around for, for Strictly. Uh, Burn the Floor was in London, and they came and had a look, and they said that they were going to have this sort of audition day. I'd found out from someone on the inside that, like, that was their problem with me was like the image. Oh, okay. Like, all the all the makeup. So it's and, good you would got like, the tip hair off and, then. and all of that. Yeah. So. I went in and did the same thing, but just went the other way. So I cut all my hair and Preppy. got yeah. I went all yeah. pre- like I had my glasses on and a side part in and a tie. You know, <laughs> like I went as Anton Dubeck as I could go. They probably didn't and, even
0: recognise. No, him. I don't
1: think they did. No. And, um, and it was this and, new
0: guy. Yeah,
1: it was. Um, Jody Prenger that they would brought in for the day right. to basically be like a stand-in celebrity. Mm-hmm. We had to do twenty minutes, half an hour of waltz and cha-cha with this person. Show them, and it was all filmed, and then have That's a chat intense. to camera afterwards. And yeah, it was like a like a training day of Strictly because like,
0: also you're judged on your personality, isn't it? Yeah,
1: they're looking at how you're interacting with the partner and and how you can talk to a camera and all stuff like that. <laughs> I was in there just being as. As opposite to being a goth as I could be. <laughs> and then I still got a no oh,
0: nice. um, for,
1: for the second year running. Uh, I got told no. But then they said, we're, look, we're going to... Um, there's a chance that we're going to have 15 celebrities this year rather than 14. I was like, no, this, this is not going to happen. I've already been told no twice. Like, mm-hmm. you know, this, none of this is going to happen.
0: But you kept trying.
1: Yeah. And 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 I'd actually said that I just wanted to be around and just work. I just wanted, I'll, I was willing to sort of take anything, you know, mm. I'll do anything. I just want to work. Um, so I said, look, if I'm around, if you want any like assisting choreographers or right, any, okay. anything like that, just, you know, use me. And they used me for the trailer that year. Mm. Um, the, the concept was... That all the pros were dancing with like an invisible partner and it was like, who's it gonna be? Who's oh, their partner gonna cool. be this year? Yeah. And so like the girls were being thrown up and, and spun around and and you know, the guys were doing things and it was all with this invisible partner. And that invisible partner was me in a morph suit. Oh,
0: well, why did yeah. you get these roles? Morph, minions. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. But I was just willing to do it because I was like, I just wanted to be in front of them and trying to work hard and like I'll do anything you want me to do. You know, like, I was very much like that. Is
0: this a thing that's been installed in you through childhood, like this work ethic then?
1: Yeah. I, I think my mum and dad put that into me from very early on. Like, mm. like just my dad was always saying to me like it's it all comes down to hard work you know you put that there can be the most talented person in the room but that they can always be outworked by someone you know it's really
0: true yeah yeah yeah.
1: and then I got a call from them um after that trailer saying we are going to um 15 couples there's an extra space opened up do you you want it what's the
0: real phone call
1: yeah and 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 I just couldn't believe it. I Let said, me you...
0: think about this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nah, you're right. Yeah,
1: um, and, and I said, "Yeah, that, wow, amazing." And they said, "Right, you start on Monday." Like oh it was God. that close to the season starting. And then Monday, I was in there, and they were asking me all my measurements for costumes. Wow, and
0: what year was this? I just
1: 2013. How old were you then? I would have been 31 that year, I think. To, so around is 31. It, is it
0: dramatic like to say from <clears throat> that moment on? your life changed forever because mm. i don't know how you label it but there is a transition from professional dancer to celebrity public figure public mm. property it's definitely a different role from burn the floor or oh, yeah. the competitions like did it was it over cuz cuz it is the most watched show right yeah. so it is in a way overnight fame like what did what was your experience of that
1: so the first thing that happened to me there was five new pros that year, and Bruce Forsyth was doing this sort of joke about they all had long names. it was like Aljashkoldjanets from Slovenia, and he was trying to pronounce all, all, all his names. And he went, "Oh, finally, one that I can say: Kevin from Grimsby."
0: Oh, God, that's and how, that's it, how started. it started.
1: It almost became like a character. Yeah. Also, from something else.
0: How did we get here? With Claudia Winkleman
1: and Professor Tanya Byron. In these in-depth one-on-one therapy sessions,
0: we dig deep into personal stories with fascinating and emotional revelations. A passionate, insightful and moving experience with clear outcomes to each episode. He is as anxious about attachment with you as you are with him. Oh, wow. Oh, wow, that's
1: crazy, isn't it? Oh, that's a weird feeling. Wait, so... God, it's, don't you just feel like, whoa, why didn't I know that all along? Listen now in Apple Podcasts, Spotify and all good podcast apps.
0: What about the next stage of people knowing your name that you don't know? And that, like, mm. you know, you're going to Sainsbury's and everyone stops you or gives you their opinion or asks you the results. Or, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's a transition.
1: Yeah, I think at f- at first, like your very first experience, you're sort of excited by it. It's, yeah. it's sort of you know people people are asking for my autograph. That's new, you know, like that's, flattering. Yeah, it's flattering yeah. and and exciting, and and uh, suddenly you've you've gone from being a ballroom dancer doing competitions to you're on TV on Saturday night, primetime BBC One, you know, and yeah. it's all it's it's all very exciting. But then the, my first sort of like taste of it was, I, I was dancing with Susanna Reid oh, um, yeah, yeah. my, my first year. And I watched her go through this transition of like w- w- what was happening with the press. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, you know, when you don't know about the press, you just think, oh, what's everyone moaning about? You're a celebrity, get on with it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's your attitude towards everything. And then I saw with her this excitement about Susanna oh oh, Susanna's doing well could she possibly go all the way to the final let's get behind her and there was all this sort of championing of her and then all of a sudden towards the final somewhere it turned yeah and I think it was around the time she was going to be moving over to ITV from BBC Mm -hmm. and it was like how dare you take a job, another job,
0: yeah.
1: woman? You know, it was like, like the that The worst sort of, thing
0: in the world. Yeah, it was yeah. like that
1: sort of an attitude. And then some things happening in her personal life after that. And then so mm. they wanted to hear from me about it, like I had any idea or like yeah. I had anything to Weird do in. Weird
0: position to be in. Yeah,
1: so suddenly people were turning up at like... Some f- from, you know, national newspapers were turning up at my mum and dad's house, you know, to my accountants or... Really? Things like that. And I was like, what, what's happening? What's this all about? What, what's... I don't know what's going on here. And you start seeing the sort of twisted headlines about things. And you go, oh, mm. I don't know how to cope with this. I'm, not, <laughs> I'm and just actually, a ballroom
0: dancer. <laughs> that's the thing, because when you look at like all of the pros, the guys and the girls, you're all very different, different backgrounds. And I don't know why, for whatever reason, but some of you seem to generate more interest mm. in, than others in the press. Mm. Like, and again, it's a weird word to say, but some of you are sort of more bigger celebrities than others and it's like I don't know why it just kind yeah. of have. and you seem to have this crazy thing where people are quite intrusive about stuff of you that's yeah. not really relevant to Strictly mm. it carries on after the Strictly's finished and you know I, but I don't see you as someone that's seeked extra celebrity no. you're not particularly um you're not falling out of nightclubs <clears throat> drunk. You're not no. like massively extrovert in that way. No. So like, is that weird and hard? Yeah, it, like- it
1: is. Yeah. I, I often, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't seek it out. I turn down a lot of like, you Like know, you're not crazy we-
0: showbiz. Like, kind
1: no. Of, you know. No, I'm not very good at sort of turning up to events and stuff like, y- you know, because um, I don't know how to behave there. I don't know how to it's it's the yeah. social it's the social awkwardness that I'm scared of more than anything. It, it, it's just that I don't you know, everyone's there looking great and being like, Hey babes, two kisses and yeah, I know. just don't know how to do it. Yeah. It's, it's difficult because you, you on on one level, having you know, being in the public eye and and having a, a degree of you know, just having people know who you are mm-hmm. sort of affords you opportunities that you might not get. Otherwise, yeah. you know. And that's um, absolutely
0: true. Definitely. Yeah.
1: Um, but on the other side, you're sometimes just going, what? I don't know what I've done to you. Like, why would leave me alone? Yeah. I think yeah. there
0: was a stage where I remember seeing like articles of you in the Daily Mail going for a coffee, and it was like a headline of like, going for a coffee. And yeah. I was like, yeah, he's going for a coffee, guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, this yeah. is crazy. I and mean, the show's finished now. Like, you yeah. Know, you're on your tour or you're on your break or you're in Rock of Ages, you know.
1: Yeah, exactly. Sometimes it's like, something as stupid as has gone for a coffee, or sometimes it's just a complete lie. Yeah. <laughs> like that's that's the that's the weird one. When mm. you go like, oh okay, they might have heard on the grapevine, still got it wrong, but they've heard from someone who knows someone who knows someone that maybe mm. Kevin might have said this at some point. And mm. you go, okay, that's what they're trying to do there. I, I remember reading one thing, um we would just done it was the Bruce Forsyth um memorial like, like, sort of tribute show oh, at, yeah. at the Palladium, and Strictly did a a, a bit there. You know, you all get sort of two tickets, and oh, I gave them, nice. gave them to my mum and dad, and they they came down, come to the Palladium. You know, yeah. it was all really nice. Afterwards, we went for a pizza opposite and just you know chatted away. I had a nice little night, the three of us, and Catch then I do- up. dropped them off at their hotel, and then went back to mine and went to bed. I woke up the next day, and there was a really detailed account of how I had left the Palladium, still with my dance outfit on, I'd turned up at the, I think they said it was the Brits after party. Right. I'd snuck in to the Brits after party, taken my bow tie off.
0: This is random.
1: And then listed some celebrity girls that I'd apparently spent the evening in a dark corner with. And none of this was true? I'd literally gone to Bella Italia opposite with my mum and dad for a pizza. I had a margarita. Had <laughs> yeah. a margarita and gone home. Yeah. And I was like, I, I don't know even know where to start with this. I don't know where what the so purpose of this is how
0: do you deal with it because at the moment there's something you know we're in 2020 at the moment and there's been a horrible kind of start to the year mm. in the really tragic passing of Caroline Flack yeah and it's raised a lot of questions around the way everybody treats one another not just the media but the public and just mm. in general and like the, the, the assumptions we make and some people can't deal with it and mm. you know ha- have you ever been in that place where you've really struggled and and, mm. and thought you know what dance is my passion but what's all this crap that comes with it
1: yeah a couple of years ago I, I was in you know I, I hesitate when I say a real tough spot because it's all relative like, and, and everyone goes through their stuff but for me from you know for what I was experiencing and and in my life it, it was it was really tough
0: yeah, um, you can't diminish your personal pain. Yeah, you know? yeah.
1: yeah, I was really struggling, and there had been a couple of things happen in my private life. You know, I'd gone through a breakup, and and uh, and, and all of this, and and it, I was just really struggling. And mm. and um,
0: But they probably do not prepare you for this at dance school. No,
1: no, the, the, you're just you your just gender. learning how to move your hips and straighten yeah. your legs and 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 stuff, and um, and it felt like, you know, media was sort of almost out, out to get me. They were writing things that they, I don't know whether they believed it to be true or whether they were just looking to make a story, I don't know, but they were writing all, all this stuff and it's horrible. I, I suppose you, you have to sort of experience it to to understand it, because a lot of people, like I would have thought before I was on Strictly Come Dancing, it's like, oh, what are what a celebrities moaning about? Mm-hmm. You know, they've got nothing to moan about. They're living this fancy yeah. life. And oh, god, if they want to write it. some pieces of paper. Oh, it's tomorrow's yeah. chip paper. Da, 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 da. But when you're constantly seeing things written about you that you know isn't true, but it just feels like they're attacking you, or, th- mm. or at least they're painting you to be a certain type of person mm. that you know that you're not. And then it's not just you, like, your family's reading it. Like, like you know, my mum was seeing these yeah. things and, and having people turn up to the dance school and going and, and and saying, oh, I've seen this about Kevin. Yeah. And, and her having to deal with it. And she's not equipped to deal with no, it. No, that
0: spills into other territory. Yeah, yeah. Like, I
1: think people don't realise, you know, people go onto social media mm. and, and say their bit on social media and who, you know, they've read something in some newspaper and they think they know the situation mm. or they think they've got an opinion on something and 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 it just feels massive uh, yeah and and it's it's really it's really difficult to know how to do how to deal with it and and you can say oh it's tomorrow's chip paper all you like but it you're
0: human it's not always that easy i mean i find for me like when i get negativity it's not so much affecting my family directly because my negativity would be around my appearance and I can get immune to it. Mm. And then you could just be having a bad day and someone could say something Mm -hmm. and you could be like, oh, I don't feel like going out for that lunch with friends because I feel feel not worthy anyway. And Mm. I've just read that and it's just, it's the wrong day to Mm. read that. And it just changes it. Like other times it's fine. And you're just like, I'm used to this crap. Like who cares? You know, it just... I think it really just depends, you know.
1: Yeah, and and um and and I was having moments of like god, I don't I don't know whether to just walk away from all of this. Like I I don't know.
0: I wondered that as in like you're similar age to me, you're, you're 37. Would you ever leave strictly?
1: I mean, it has to happen at some point. I don't see myself doing this when I'm 40.
0: What's life expectancy in a career for a dancer then?
1: Um I mean,
0: well, Anton de Beck's there. he's the sort uh, yeah, of exception yeah. to the rule, isn't yeah. he? They
1: um, like,
0: need to make him a judge. I really right. want yeah, that yeah, to happen yeah, yeah. yeah
1: um but I d I don't see myself doing that like, mm. like when I'm the same age as anton like he he obviously just just loves it and, and wants to carry on doing it i d- I don't see that for myself, um, but it's interesting
0: at the start of the interview, you touched on being on burn on the floor in yeah. your twenties, yeah. And being conscious of, like, I can't do this forever or i got to do other things. And that's quite a mature outlook because most people are kind of in their heyday, loving life. They're yeah. dancing. They're 20. They're invincible. Yeah. And that was something that I started to learn about you when I was a contestant on Strictly, that we had this mutual friend, uh, Rob Moore. Yes. Who's this massively successful property guru guy. Mm. And that actually you're... Aside from being a dancer, you're a businessman, you're an entrepreneur, and you know this sounds a bit judgmental, but that's not something you'd expect a dancer to be. It isn't, is it? I know that's a really bad thing to say, but and I remember thinking, oh, Kevin knows Rob more. Oh, and then I started to learn a little bit more about you, and yeah, I mean, I guess people don't know this side to you.
1: Yeah, I'm a property investor, and um, I don't like the label of, of of just being a dancer mm. rob moore has the disrupt the disruptive entrepreneur is his podcast and mm. i've been listening to that um for quite a while and i also had a, a mate of mine tommy franzen who's one of the best dancers i know mm. um who you know i would think would never have to think about anything else except dancing because he's just that good and um he had this property portfolio when we were on tour together and i was asking him about that um you know what, what's this about and he was saying oh you know, just for. When when my dancing career isn't there for me anymore, I'm doing this other stuff. And a couple of years later, I got back in touch with him um, and asked him about it because I felt like doing it. Yeah, I'd read a book on it, you know, rich dad, poor dad, and popular books. Yeah, and, um, book. yeah, and uh, he recommended I go to some event, and Rob Moore had, happened to be speaking at this event. And from there, I was like, okay, I, I want to, I want to learn more. And Rob became my mentor. I, um, I. I basically bought like a year's worth of mentorship mm-hmm. from Rob and then that's sort of like continued now and and now, now to this day he he's sort of a, a business mentor of mine and I whenever I have any big decisions to make I always call him
0: Really yeah. what a great relationship Yeah that's just amazing. just for some
1: advice yeah Yeah
0: that's so cool because I suppose in a world where there's no security you've created um some financial freedom or, or like an income source and I always think We talk a lot about money in society and what does it bring, what does it not bring. Mm. And I always think if money brings security, you're free to act with integrity. Yes. So I always think for myself, I love working in telly and I love writing. Mm. But there might come a day where people don't love watching me or reading my books. So I don't want to have to do things that I don't really believe in or kind of forced to do just for money. So if I kind yeah. of make these other pathways, I can always act with the integrity that I want to. Exactly.
1: Know? Yeah. Uh, like because I think people see money as this like evil thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, it's the root of all evil. You know, that um, they they think it's it's a bad or, or if somebody wants money, then mm-hmm. that must make them a bad person. But I think really they're just what they're talking about is people who want money so they can just buy material things to show off with. Mm-hmm. You know, is is like is the thing that they're talking about but even that if that's what people want to do that's what people want to do Mm. um but I think you're right if your passion in life is you want to find a cure for a particular type of cancer Mm. you need money to do that
0: yeah of course
1: there's some things that I want to that I really want to do um but that will mean that I need to take some time off and not accept a few jobs Mm -hmm. Um, What's those things? Well, I, I want to write a TV drama. I'm meeting writers at the moment about the ballroom competition world.
0: Oh, cool. Oh, spicy. Yeah, okay. Yeah, oh, about the, some
1: of the real stories that yeah. go on and stuff. And and I, I want to meet writers and, and, and really, you know, based on some of my stories and my sister's stories my family's mm. stories.
0: So my next question was going to be, what is next for you? Because you do seem very ambitious. You are strategic. You're not just kind of existing and dancing and seeing what happens next. But... Mm. Maybe that answers the question of what next, doesn't uh, it?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's there's that the TV drama. There's um, there's uh, other um, acting and singing projects that I want to do. I'm, I'm really enjoying acting at the moment, mm-hmm. um, so I'd love to do more of that. There, there's sort of show ideas that I'd love to get made.
0: Because when you're not on Strictly, we all think of you guys as having downtime. But yeah. is that not a thing? That's what like, everyone thinks. It's like ironing like, sequins clothes. No, and like... <laughs> and I
1: never stop. I haven't had a holiday in ages. Why? Because I always fill up my time. Mm.
0: And you, keeps, you like that, yeah?
1: I do like it, um, but I also keep saying I need to, I need to take some time off and need to book a holiday. Actually, I like. I had a week off immediately after Strictly. Where did you um, go to Grimsby? <clears throat> <laughs> um, me and me and Stacey went to New York for the week. Proper like, holiday between. Yeah. Strictly and Christmas.
0: Yeah, well that, um, I feel like you've deserved that. Yeah, Yeah,
1: and then went to Grimsby for Christmas. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I must just ask you about the Strictly journey because mm. obviously we were I was on the year you were and I was a contestant as well. So yeah. I started at the start with you guys and I remember Stacey, like, excited, self-deprecating, nervous, unsure. <laughs> yeah. Would she? She you know, she didn't know. And I just wondered, like, did you know at any point in that journey she could win this?
1: I think maybe towards the end... There was a feeling that it was possible. I still didn't think it was going to happen. I thought it was a 1% chance. Right. Um,
0: uh, cheers for the confidence that no, she's not, listening. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, I thought she was doing great and I thought she was like, especially towards the end, like producing great stuff. Mm. Um, like she really improved. I, I, I just thought that Joe Sugg was going to win.
0: Yeah, um, I think I really, we all did. Yeah, because
1: yeah. I really I really loved what he was doing as well. And he's, yeah, he's such he a great kid. And, yeah. yeah, yeah, I really liked Joe and, and, and Diane as well. And there was such a great partnership and, mm. and he improved and... I don't know, just from, like, past experiences of Strictly, mm-hmm. you sort of sometimes can see, like, they seem like they could be the winner. They, like, like yeah. they f- yeah. Yeah, and, and it, it just felt like he was on that path to winning. But then the week of the final... Um, we had a moment where Stacey got really sort of down and was like, "Oh, you know, I don't know what my place is here." And, it's and hard, you know, the the two girls, Ashley and Faye, are just phenomenal to watch, yeah. and I'm never going to be like them. And and uh, I think Joe's going to win, and i be. And she was saying I'll be really happy for Joe to win, but oh, I just I just her. don't know what my place is in the final. And so
0: you start doubting, and yeah, yeah.
1: and but then I just said to her, um, "You know what? Let's just park all of that and just like the fact is." We've made the final. We're here. Let's just go out and just do... All we can do is do our best mm. and, and enjoy ourselves.
0: And did you enjoy it? Yeah. 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 I felt really sick watching you, because you know when they're about to announce it, you get that sticky feeling. It's like, <laughs> Who's one? Who's one? I can't call it. I can't call it.
1: There was a moment where I looked... When we were about to be presented with the, uh, you know, who was going to win, the four couples are stood there, and I was, we were stood on the end, and my mum and dad were sat just to the left of oh. me. And I turned around and I looked at my dad, and I shrugged my shoulders with a sort of like, "Here we are again." Like, yeah. And, I, and just everything in me knew that it was going to be the fifth time that I was in the final, but not winning. Mm. I set out to enjoy the final and did enjoy the final, but also thought the only way that we can win is if the judges are really on our side here. Uh-huh. And they weren't. We were bottom of the leaderboard in the final.
0: Oh, of course, I remember. Yeah, yeah. so there was that jeopardy. It's quite yeah. exciting. Yeah, it was like, you know? there's,
1: there's no way. My dad just shrugged his shoulders in a sort of like, don't worry, you know, it's all right. We've been here before kind of yeah. way. And then um, Tess went, Stacy and Kevin... <laughs> It You're was like, just what? what?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I just fell to the floor and, and Stacey put her head in her hands. and
0: I think we all were, like, <clears> quite emotional. Stacey's
1: <throat> mum invaded the pitch. Yeah, like, yeah, I <laughs> she like rushed, yeah, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. So
0: where's the glitter ball now? Where do you keep it?
1: Um, it's on my bedside table.
0: Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, That's so cheesy, That's isn't one it? hell of an ornament, oh, it's right? It's really
1: embarrassing, yeah. but yeah. That, no, but you
0: worked for it. You yeah. Know, it's yeah, a great so achievement. It's
1: some, um, we get these little, little sort of replica ones to yeah. take home. Um, Stacey had hers pinched. Really? At the after party.
0: Did she get another one?
1: Um, I got her another one for her birthday. Yeah, I got in touch with with the BBC and said, look, she's had it pinched.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Yeah, and we had her another one made.
0: Where does she keep hers then?
1: um, it's on a, it's on like a shelf in her, in her flat.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Oh,
1: <laughs>
0: well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, um, thanks for having me. Yeah. It's been so great to get to know more about you and relive some of our Strictly moments. Yeah, as well. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for listening to Katie Piper's Extraordinary People. If you haven't already, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed this, please help us spread the word. Rate and review the show where you got this or share on socials.